Hey there! Sit down, make yourself comfortable, and grab a cup of tea. Welcome to the 76th episode of Theas Tea. Thanks for tuning in! Hey guys, welcome to July's bonus episode. As you guys know, every month on the first Sunday of the month, I do a Q&A of like random questions that you guys submit and they're one of my favorite episodes. So I'm really excited. Thank you all for submitting in questions. There are some really good ones that I'm very excited to tackle. So for this episode's tea talk, I'm drinking some tea that is of the flavor of Pesh Cassis, which is basically like peach and blueberries, I think. And it's from the brand Casino. And the mug I'm drinking that in is one of my favorite mugs, which is the mug that my friend Juana gave me for my birthday this year. It's short, it's black, it's very thick, and it's got some like kind of like blobs on it that are gray and some gold outlining. I think it's so gorgeous. I, yeah, it's probably one of my favorite mugs. Fun story, actually, Juana gave this mug to me and later Juana and I and a bunch of other friends are going to be meeting up because we are going on our trip today. We are going to be going um, to a place outside of the city, a group of friends, and we're going to be independent and it's going to be so fun. I'm very excited. When you guys are listening to this, it will have long passed because I'm pre-recording this episode, but um, hopefully I had a really good time. And as for the tea, this tea never fails. Every time I pour it, I get like not complimented, but like the smell gets noticed. My mom was like, oh my gosh, what tea is that? It smells so good. So yeah, it works every time. Definitely like top 10 tea scents. <laughs> so yeah. And as for like the setup for this episode, it is currently Wednesday. It's 11.54 a.m. Oh, 11.55. My grandpa, it's his birthday. And so I'm really excited about that. And I've had like a fun day. We went shopping, you know, to get everything for the trip. And I feel really refreshed because just before recording this, I was having a good laugh with my grandparents and my mom and we were just like sharing stories and everything. And my grandpa got me this book about um, quantic paradoxes because National Geographic has like a series of books about like space and everything and we're reading them together and we're making the collection so the other day I told him I wanted this book and he got it for me so I am just feeling like really happy and really excited and just particularly thankful to my grandparents (laughs) so yeah without further ado let's get started with the questions Our first question comes from Bale and she asks how to cope with social pressure. So I think this is a really big one. Um, I just realized that I didn't plan my answers for any of these questions. So you're going to hear me improvise. (laughs) I think social pressure is a really big deal, you know, especially like in your teenage years. And I think it's something that's in your life like forever but it's so big when you're a teenager because it's like the first time you're introducing yourself to it and you're at such a vulnerable point and it's very easy for you to be swayed so i think there are many aspects of social pressure and just thinking of like my friend group i know that there have been so many times where i just feel like pressured into doing a certain thing however big or small that may be you know like thinking back like a really small example like a couple of years ago i had a sleepover with a bunch of my friends and it was like a multiple night sleepover and i like with my pajamas like i switch out pajamas like every week or even more or like every two weeks or whatever you know and so i felt like really comfortable in that growing up and i didn't think it was weird or anything but in that sleepover there were friends of mine who like switched pajamas every single night and so i felt like really self-conscious about that because i was like oh my gosh and so i felt tempted to switch pajamas like every night as well because it was at my house so i technically could but you know that just goes to show like how 
I was, it was, I was so easily swayed into one thing that my friends were doing. And that's like a really small example, but we also have bigger examples. For instance, with drinking, I don't want to drink until I'm 18 because the legal drinking age here in Colombia is 18 and I don't have anything against drinking. I think it's really cool. <laughs> I've never done it, but I think it would be a cool thing, but I don't want to do it until I'm 18 because I, I don't want to think that I'm doing like anything illegal because it is illegal. And so I don't want to have like that moral pressure on me. But of course, like I have so many friends my age that drink and, you know, I go to events and parties with them where they drink and I'm perfectly able to like stay firm in like my own wishes. And I think that's something that goes on both sides. Not only is it me being firm in my beliefs and like precisely because I'm so firm in them is that I don't feel swayed, you know, if like right off the bat, I wasn't so sure in like my stance on drinking and if i wasn't so sure that i wanted to wait until i was 18 then it would be so much easier for my friends to convince me to drink but since i'm firm in this decision and in my character then of course i'm not going to be swayed so on one side it's like me being firm in my decision but on the other side i think it's also about having friends that won't push you and i feel like growing up like everybody like the adults in my life are always like you have to be really firm you know people around you are always going to try to corrupt you um and like all of those things so i definitely entered that world like with my guard up but then i realized that like at least in my friend group i have never felt pressured to drink like sometimes they'll offer me but at the first time i say no they'll be like okay don't worry you know they won't keep pressing and pressing so i think that you know obviously it is your responsibility but at the same time like it shouldn't be all on you you know you should have friends that don't pressure you into doing things that you don't want you know i feel like you know like we've or we've over normalized it for people around you to pressure you into doing things when that's not how it should be you know like i just feel like we need to understand that the people around you should respect your decisions and it's not necessarily like your job to make them respect your decisions that should be like the default i don't know if that makes sense but i just came to that realization so i think those two elements are really the key in like dealing with social pressure being like both firm within yourself and also making sure that you're surrounding yourself with people who aren't pressuring you as i said for instance my friends you know like they do offer me to drink sometimes and of course they continue inviting me to events where some people will be drinking but they respect my decision you know all i have to do is say no once and they'll respect my decision i feel like you know you also have to be careful with like who you're surrounding yourself with and if you're feeling pressured by the people you're around then either find new people or like leave it really clear to them that you don't want you know to endorse in whatever activity they're doing and if you're firm in your choice, then people won't sway you, you know, because if, if it's like something so strong in you, like in, if it's a conviction, if it's something so deep inside of you that you believe, then it won't be a problem for you to fight for that. You know what I mean? Like you'll want to do it naturally and you won't let yourself be kind of like opaqued by what people are saying around you. So you need to have like a strong character in that sense if you know that you have opinions that aren't really popular. And as for like not so big things for instance i also feel like self-conscious about how often i wash my hair because i feel like my friends wash their hair every day and i don't like i let i let it go for a couple of days because i know that it's not that good if you wash your hair every day so i feel like really self-conscious when i'm around them you know and also just like being in an environment sometimes where you get to somebody's house and they have a big mirror and so everybody's looking at themselves in the mirror and like fixing their outfit and their hair and everything you feel like you have to do all of that as well, you know, and kind of like practice those behaviors and be so obsessed with your physical. I feel like it all just comes down to like the inner work that you do and being so comfortable with yourself or with your habits or with your lifestyle up to the point where you don't feel like tempted by other people. And that doesn't mean that you can't learn from other people. You know, if they teach you like a fun recipe or something, that doesn't mean that you 
can't follow it it just means that you don't let other people kind of like dictate the laws of your life so yeah that's like my perspective on that whole scenario let me know what you think and if this was helpful i really hope it was our next question also comes from Vale and it says, how do you cope with all the academic stress? So I feel like this is a really good question because I definitely suffer with like academic stress. Oh, and there's a doorbell. <laughs> and yeah, like I suffer with it so much. <laughs> that sounds really dramatic. But for instance, I, I feel like the key is to detach yourself. And I know this is really hard, but it's kind of like about proving things to yourself. So for instance, for as long as like I can remember, I always like got stressed every time I received like every result from an exam. And obviously an exam is like a little thing, but each exam, like every little thing makes up the big thing, you know, like every exam, every like small grade makes up your big grade, right? So it obviously all is important and it always, at least in the grading system in my school. So every time I would always like suffer so much when I received that like little grade. And then I would get like my report card at the end of the term or at the end of the quarter. And I would be like, I would realize like how dramatic I had been, you know, like everything turned out fine in the end. Like I got excellent results. Maybe if I had like one off result, like here or there in one subject, then like the other grades I had were able to push it up, you know, like every single time it turned out fine. And when I say fine, I don't necessarily mean like straight A's, you know, but I mean like objectively like it was good regarding the standard you know like every like every single time it turned out fine and every single time like after that i would continue to stress it was like the same old cycle like i would stress and then i would realize that it was all fine and i feel like now in my last year i kind of reached a point where i know deep down that it will be fine at the end of the quarter and so now like when i receive a grade that's that i don't like um one part of me will be like I don't want to worry about this. I know that at the end I'll get a good grade, like, as a whole. So I don't want to, like, break my head over this one thing. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's okay. Like, blah, blah, blah. But the other side will be, like, really dramatic. And I'm really surprised with this because even after I tell myself, like, that whole speech, like, my entire afternoon can be ruined by a bad grade. And I can still be, like, bummed over that and, like, stressed. And all of this, in addition to comparison, which I'm really glad we addressed, like, that other question as well about social pressure. Because comparison is a really big thing that plays in to game like i don't know um with academic stress you know like comparing myself to my friends and like their results and all of that but i just think that you got to keep your eyes on like your own journey however cliche that may sound but focus on your grades and if this helps a little bit at the beginning you know if you have a friend and you're like oh my gosh you got a better result on this test and then think to yourself like yeah but you got a better result on this test and plus you were dealing with this own personal situation and you still managed to do well and plus like you want to go into this like i don't know i feel like that isn't the best solution but at least at first to kind of like talk to yourself like that and then eventually like stop comparing yourself but i feel like it's really just a matter of detaching yourself like really learning to understand and i know that, that like the phrase you know your grades don't define you is like so burnt out like so overused because i when i cry over a grade i don't cry because i feel like the grade defines me i cry because i'm upset because i got a bad grade because i won't get a good future you know like i feel like that advice never like properly sticks but i just feel like kind of like trying to numb the pain and not with like anything external or like any substances or anything but just kind of like kind of like trying to ignore it and i don't know if that's the best coping mechanism but just like try to stop giving every single little thing like so much importance you know just like get over it you know because it really is exhausting 
to like receive every single grade because you get a lot of grades throughout throughout during or throughout the quarter so if you make every one of those grades feel like the end of the world then you're gonna be so drained you know just like take it for what it is like a small grade because for me like every exam is worth the same it's not like this is 20 percent. like no it, it's all worth it the same so i just kind of like see it for what it is you know like this is just one part of my grade like it's okay you know like just because i'm tired of suffering you know like i feel like that's where i'm at right now so just like through like my experience i feel like i kind of realized that it's always okay in the end you know like it's always okay like this year this past quarter for the first time in my life i had like a like false alarm because i thought like here in colombia you do something that's called reforzar which is like reinforce a subject if you fail it right and i had never done that in my life but this year i had like the false alarm that i was gonna have to do it in spanish here grades are from one to five and three is a passing grade right so i was told that i was maybe gonna have to like reinforce and i got like i got stressed but one part of me was like beyond it you know i was like i don't even care at this point and then when i received my report card i had a (laughs) 4.2 so it was really different so yeah i feel like just being able to look back at my trajectory has what is what has helped me you know like get over it you know and like stopping so dramatic about everything and just realizing that it's like my last year and also knowing that i know everybody says this but like your grades don't define your intelligence you know maybe i can get a bad grade on a physics exam but i know that in the entire class of like everybody in my grade i'm the one who most participates in the class that i'm the one who can maybe have like the most stimulating questions and the conversations and that's the most active and that does the most homework and that's the most interested you know and like what weighs more you know like all of that or a simple number you know it's just i've learned to see it like beyond that and recognize that a good student is so much more than a grade like i know everybody says that but i've truly been able to learn it recently and that like so like it's more important like what you do outside of the classroom you know so that's what has helped me hopefully you got something out of this answer thanks for the amazing question i feel like it's really important to address this type of thing you guys i'm back um fun story actually (laughs) i am recording this like way later like i got back from my trip like it's been a couple of days it's currently raining, it's night, it's a completely different setup, but I still wanted to answer at least a few more questions for this Q&A. And our next one comes from Carlos, and it says, how do you take care of your eyes while studying online every day? So I feel like um, at the beginning of the pandemic and like online school and everything, I got away with not taking care of my eyes at all, to be frank. And I've had glasses for like, I don't know, like almost 10 years for like, at first all the time and then like for the majority of time like just for reading and computers and that type of thing so entering the like quarantine i technically like had glasses that i was supposed to use when i was looking at computer screens aka all day when i was in virtual school and can you guess what happened i was not careful with them like i was very carefree with them and i didn't really like even before like i wasn't very good at using my glasses and i would just like not necessarily avoid but i was just like again like i would get away like without using them and i was technically like fine like sometimes i couldn't see things like far away or sometimes like yeah that was the only thing that would happen and i was like fine like nothing happened (laughs) but recently like in the last months of online school i started to feel that my eyes would really burn after being like so much time looking at a computer and so that coincided with like a time where the glasses that i had like broke like the frame snapped so my mom very generously no i actually paid for those glasses myself (laughs) 
so I got a new pair of glasses and obviously when you get new things you're very excited to use them so that led me to like get back on my glasses wearing game so I just use these glasses with like the prescription i have very small per prescription but i think that wearing these glasses like on the computer is good not only because like my eyes need it but also because it's kind of like a barrier between the screen like i don't know how those rays work and everything but i just use like normal glasses i have like uv blu-ray whatever <laughs> glasses but i don't like them that much i feel like it's not necessarily like the lens itself it's just the glasses like it's a very like a big frame and so i don't feel comfortable wearing it i don't know it's just it feels kind of weird so i'd rather stick to like my normal glasses i don't know if it has the same protection effect i believe not because like the blu-ray glasses blu-ray like <laughs> i don't know what they're called um have are probably like built in to like prevent those lenses from trespassing whereas normal glasses probably not but i feel like that's what works for me and some yeah like otherwise i just like rub my eyes try to look at other places but i'm not the most careful person in this sense i just kind of like make do with what i have and it definitely isn't the best like don't take this as like proper advice this isn't like an example but yeah i just have to be frank with my answer and attest to my cats are in the middle of a heated fight <laughs> and attest to the small things that i do and i feel like maybe when i'm older this will have an impact on my eyesight because i definitely should have been more responsible but yeah for now like that's what i've been doing the last question I am going to be answering comes from Jose and it is opinions on Pride Month. So I am aware that when I release this episode, it will no longer be Pride Month. It will have been like the month before, but I feel like and initially when I thought of that, I was like, well, I shouldn't answer this question like altogether, but I still feel like it's important to address this because obviously like Pride Month is really important, but you know, talking about Pride should like, you don't need to just wait to Pride Month wait for pride month to do it like you can talk about it at any time so i am going to be addressing it now and the reason i want to talk about this is because i feel like there are so many people out there with the mindset that they think that pride is ridiculous <laughs> and i kind of want to attest to like the other side of that and kind of like explain the argument that i always use when somebody tells me that they think pride is ridiculous because people will always say like, oh, well, I'm straight and I'm cisgender and I don't go out like parading like for an entire month every year, you know, just like flaunting that in everybody's face. And I feel like it's really important to understand like the background of all of this and why pride has become a thing. And it surged from like after these centuries of like oppression and intolerance and people being mistreated, like losing their lives because of their sexual or gender identity people losing their freedom over that and so it's kind of like a stand of resistance uh kind of like taking a stance and proving that we're not going anywhere and that we're just as valuable as other people and just kind of like as a stand that we're no longer going to be fighting down you know and this is necessary because for so many years it was a norm for people of the community when it wasn't even known as a community for them to hide and it was the norm for them to have to like cover up who they were and for them not to be allowed to live freely so this is kind of like the way of expression for saying that that's no longer what's going to be expected that that's no longer what we're going to have to do and that we shouldn't be treated as like kind of like isolated for this and this will lead many people to think like okay well you're isolating yourselves by making a parade like just for you guys and for doing things like just for you guys and you're just isolating and discriminating yourselves further but the way i see it 
is once again like taking this stand and sort of like yeah just standing up for yourself and i feel like if anything it's a strengthening experience for everybody within the community to come together to like meet each other to get to know each other to like just come together in a really beautiful way and not necessarily like isolate like themselves from the rest of the community but more so see it as a bond within the community and to just sort of make presence you know i wouldn't see it as you know like they don't want to be accepted and they're discriminating themselves because if anything it's them wanting to not be discriminated that's what the march is and everything it's for it's for people to be known and seen as accepted as who they are and to just kind of like let people know that they exist with the goal of being included as a valid member of society just like anybody else would and throughout this answer i have addressed pride very much as like parades because i feel like that's the most notable way that it is sort of like undertaken but there are definitely like more ways that pride month is seen and felt because it's not just about like the things you can see on news i feel like it goes from like the very simple like smaller actions and i feel like that can be seen as you know maybe more and more people come out in pride month every year you're like that's one thing but also just like visibility you know like like acknowledging history you know like many like infographics on instagram just like appreciating like pride history or you know letting know like different definitions in the community or letting you know like what you should do if somebody comes out to you or like what not to say to somebody who's coming out to you like a bunch of information and resources in that sense which i feel is so important because having like a separate month of the year like is like especially for terms like topics of pride can definitely boost like the conversation it can open up the spaces for it to be addressed and that's super important because otherwise maybe people would kind of like get away with ignoring it but i feel like having an entire month dedicated to pride is so important because pride has and just like the lgbtq community in general has for so long been accepted as something that can be ignored that can be mistreated that can be walked over pushed and everything so i feel like designating it's kind of like the the least you can do it's kind of like giving it a gift and compensation for all the terrible things it had to undergo so i feel like pride month is something that's totally like justifiable and i just wanted to share like my opinion on that and if you were maybe like frowning upon it and shaking your head and think that it was ridiculous just kind of like learning a different perspective of like why it's important and why it needs to be held regardless of the way you want to live it you know as a member of the community as an ally just knowing where it comes from and why it's important and obviously this isn't like an accurate historical account it's just like my perspective and what i've analyzed and like what i think from like just my logic and not like a research backed answer <laughs> um yeah but i just felt like this is something that i've been meaning to talk about because everybody like not everybody but many people around me have like often said this and i found myself like often repeating this same like kind of counter argument so i just wanted to share it like once and for all on the podcast and share like why i think pride is so important well that's about it for this episode I would like to clarify that I am not a specialist. Everything I share is based off of my experience and what I've learned. Don't forget to follow the podcast Instagram at theastpodcast. I'm very active on there. It's a visually aesthetic platform built with interactive spaces for us. Please tag me on your stories and send me pics listening with your tea. Also, please rate, review, follow, and subscribe. <laughs> Whatever your platform lets you do, it would help me out a lot because reviews are the only way I can start growing, getting recommended to new people, and being included in rankings. Plus, I read reviews on here, so if you want to be featured, 
go on right ahead. Please spread this episode with any friends or family you think will like it. I would love it for you to share your thoughts on this podcast. You can send me a voice message directly through Anchor or through my email, theastypodcast at gmail.com. You can reach out for business inquiries and set up sponsorships through there as well. Make sure to check out the show notes. There's a bunch of fun stuff listed down there alongside with links to everything I mentioned here today. Remember, you can join me every Thursday for a new episode, including the last one of every month with the guest and an additional bonus monthly Q&A. Thank you for your time and for joining me in my little corner of the internet. I appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in. Have a beautiful week and a wonderful existence.